0: and welcome to another episode of Only the Penitent Shall Pass podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth. Today's episode is titled, Psychology is Not Christian Discipleship. As always, you can find us on the web at onlythepenitent.com. We really appreciate everyone who has shared this episode with their friends. If you have social media accounts, We'd love it if you copied our podcast and uploaded it to your social networks and get the word out that Only the Penitent Shall Pass podcast is alive and well and publishing new episodes every single week. Now, join us for the discussion. Hello again, Master Fellas. Welcome to another episode.
1: Good to be here again. Another day, another day.
0: Another day. We were we were looking at the uh, before we start the show. We were looking at the analytics of our view, our listenership, our downloads, and I was really surprised at how many uh, young adults we have between the ages of eighteen and twenty-two. In fact, it comprises the majority of our audience.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast out the Zoomers out there.
0: Is that what they're That's what they're called, Zoomers?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's what I hear. I don't know if they call themselves that, but, you know, I think they really, really like the whole generational way of looking at things, you know, Zoomers and Boomers and Millennials, Gen Xers, you know, all that good stuff. I guess uh, my little son is an alpha. That's what they're calling him as of now. So, so.
0: <laughs> alpha an, baby an alpha
1: <laughs> an alpha. Yeah. They start the whole thing over again. That's the, that's the goal.
0: So um, before we get on today's episode, as uh, I said a moment ago, is titled discipleship is not psychological counseling. Before we get into that, um, I thought I'd bring up Psalm 1, the very first psalm by King David. It starts out like this Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So the very first psalm begins with three negatives. So I'll I'll say them again. Negative one. So the man who's blessed, he walks not in the counsel of the wicked. That's negative one, number one, nor stands in the way of sinners. That's a negative. Another thing that someone shouldn't do, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And I'm reminded of um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who taught at Westminster for so much of the 20th century. And he used to teach that the reason the Bible begins with negatives so often is because the world's an evil place. (laughs) And the first first way to find out how to be blessed, how to live a life of blessedness, is to understand that the world is evil, the world is filled with sin, and there's a bunch of things we shouldn't do in order to be blessed. And verse 2 of Psalm 1 continues... Uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. And so that's a little bit of what our dialogue is, right? We're meditating in our podcast. We're meditating on the things
1: of God. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think the way, from what I could tell, the way what you're saying relates to our topic today is that, One of the things the Bible does is tell us how to live our lives, to tell us how to deal with problems, how to overcome soul-crushing despair and anxiety, and, and so on and so forth. And in the last hundred years, there's been this secular method developed that addresses those same problems, which are fundamentally like the problems of being human, right? So we... Express this broadly as, well, what am I doing here? What's the point of my life? Where am I going? What's my goal? So on and so forth. When when the secular world completely took God out of the equation, those problems that people always had, they didn't get better, they got worse. And so psychology came in to try to uh, counsel or console people who now have the same problems, but they seem insoluble. And so I guess that's part of what we're talking about here. Uh, Can you just sort of bring secular psychology into Christianity and do they mesh? And and why, if they don't, why don't they?
0: So let's give a little bit of a historical background to the discussion. During the 19th century and the war of Northern aggression, which, which the Northerners call something different.
1: (laughs) Wait, oh, you're talking about the Civil War. Okay.
0: Right, the The War of Northern Aggression. Uh, following that evil, awful war, in the 1880s, 1890s, American culture became saturated with a rise in uh, depression, anxiety, uh all sorts of psychosocial maladies and men and women were looking for answers for why they were having so much mental distress enter into the picture William James and the birth of the psychological movement. William James is considered the father of modern psychology and Following James, we had Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud and all sorts of other famous famous names throughout the 20th century. And psychology asserted the idea that it existed to remedy the mental maladies that people suffered from. However... <laughs> we have the last hundred years to look back at psychology hasn't reduced any mental maladies. In fact, if we're to believe the statistics released by the APA themselves, the American psychological association, they themselves tell us that the rates of depression, anxiety and psychosocial problems has only been increasing since the birth of psychology.
1: So there's uh, the the first name you, you spoke there, William James. I just want to point out a certain irony with everything you're saying. William James is the father of a school of philosophy that people call pragmatism. And so without getting into a big discussion on what that means, it basically means if something works, so if you practice something and it works well, then that's the inherently right way to do the thing. So you should go with that. So if we're gonna follow the founder of psychology in America's advice, we should realize after a hundred years, 150 years really from James, we should realize, oh, this practice of psychology doesn't work. If anything, it must be having an adverse effect because it gets worse every year and everybody knows that everybody knows people that having diagnosed with numerous psychological disorders and maladies, and there's just a general feeling of despair and helplessness, especially among young people in the culture. So let's so we we'll start off there. We're going to say, we, well, we can learn some from psychologists, and it's that we probably should take a step back from psychology.
0: So, right. Well, instead, psychologists, as these maladies increase as anxiety and depression and loneliness increases in Western culture. Psychologists tell us what we need is more psychology, which as you said, it could be ironic. It's also tragic in that arguably by sheer common sense, one could point out psychology hasn't made these maladies decrease if anything psychology has contributed to them increasing
1: yeah especially in the the last 20 or 30 years when you have the widespread use of psychotropic substances right so basically let's throw drugs at the problem and that seems like one of the key points here that There are so many people on these drugs, and if you if you look at the side effects for almost all of the antidepressants and anti anxiety medicine, the side effects actually are (laughs) greater depression, greater anxiety. Sometimes it's a suicidal tendencies, right? So by the admission of the pharmaceutical companies, these drugs often do the very thing they're claiming to cure, and that's the sort of world we're living in now where a medicine can be called an anti-depressive depression medicine and then you look on the bottle and it says oh may cause depression you're like wait what what's going on here is this can you explain this to me or are we just living in a very crazy time to be alive
0: probably i think we are let's go back to psalm one so psalm one the very first psalm of king david it has a recipe for a way of life. That way of life is the blessed life. Now, this, the Psalms in the Bible doesn't have a recipe for happiness. Blessedness and happiness are two very different things. We've, we've discussed it in the podcast in the past. Happiness is right, rooted in paganism. It's rooted in a pagan philosophy called luck. Blessedness is about God's grace being bestowed upon those who fear the living God. And in Psalm 1, there's a very simple solution for the individual or covenant community that wants to experience blessedness from God. And the first three directions or steps are very simple. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the, in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sin, sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So step one in that trilogy of concepts is to not get counsel from the wicked. <laughs> now, psychology at its very root offers two main things pharmaceuticals as you pointed out and counsel and the great vast majority of the counsel psychology offers is not christian oriented it's not christian based it's based in the counsel of sinners <laughs> the wicked men like Absolutely. william J- william james sigmund freud carl adams carl carl jung these are wicked sinful men
1: it, yeah i mean look at i mean look at just we'll pick on sigmund freud because it's so easy here's a man who was a drug addict who is a pervert and we're not saying this to throw scorn and judgment on him we're saying this to warn people who have inherited his practice so uh, many of freud's theories themselves have been discarded but he is one of the founders of this practice that okay do you have problems okay you need to sit down and talk to a professional who's going to who's going to listen to all the details of your life and give you some sort of counsel and it's all based on these theories which are very dubious and very unchristian and i i don't think the people practicing it today have really thought out the implications of taking this practice which admittedly from the beginning was unchristian a replacement for christian practices and just sort of adding christianity to right. it right you can't Generally speaking, you can't just add Christianity to pagan things and everything's okay. It usually has very dire results. And and even I, from what I could tell, most Christian psychologists aren't sitting there getting to the real root of all of our problems, which is sin and our need for redemption. It seems like they're just applying these various methods some psychopharmacological some are behavioral we could talk more about that you want to talk about a very wicked man bf skinner who invented a good portion of the science now in practice and it's just the whole thing is such a radical departure from christian counseling from godly men taking young men under their wing and showing them how to live a better life in the light of God. It's not that at all. What happens? My friend made a joke once. He's like, well, this is how ridiculous psychology is. And everybody knows the joke. There's a patience in there and you have a quote breakthrough and then, oh, time's up. Got to go. Well, how is this man who you just made some breakthrough and discovered some great about your great thing about yourself oh, but he's got to push you out because he has another patient. That's going to help anybody? No, you need a father figure or a brother figure to actually show you how to live a godly life. Absolutely. So
0: so we're picking up the title of this podcast, Discipleship is Not Psychological Counseling. It's a section from my book on on mere discipleship. And one of the things I was trying to point out is that there's – a common misconception about discipleship and and why are we talking about discipleship? Well, quite simply, the new Testament, Jesus's admonishment couldn't be more clear. He says to us, go out into the whole world and make ye disciples of all men and of all nations. That's, that's one of the, the great commission. That's what we're sent out as Christians to do well so that
1: means go find people to show up on sunday, <laughs> <right>?
0: exactly <laughs> well well what that what that is often mistaken as in, in my experience is many people think that discipleship is one of two things being preached at from open on sunday or sitting a- across the table from someone in some type of psychological counseling session and what is clear from the new testament is the discipleship that jesus performs looks nothing like either of those scenarios Well,
1: what is it what does it look like you have two of the gospel writers were disciples of the apostles right so you have mark who is a disciple fo- you know under peter and you have luke who is a disciple a follower under paul and what did they do They lived their lives with the apostles. They learned from them every day. And eventually they grew so deep in the faith that they helped these apostles write the very life of Christ that we still read today. And so, and and there's a lot of examples from the book of Acts, a lot of different things we could get into. But it looks more like that. It looks like people who spend their time together and talk together Maybe they work together, they have dinner together, and so on and so forth.
0: So one of, one of the men who played a great role in my own life was uh, Pastor Marion Polly of Mead, Michigan, who was a country farmer and Methodist minister. And he gave so much of his time to me. Not only did we have coffee every Saturday morning for 17 years, He would regularly call me uh, if he was going to call on parishioners and he'd give me a call and said, hey, Kenny, I'm going to go call in tonight. Uh, I'd love for you to hang out with me. So I would, as a teenager, I'd get to just sit in the car with them and then we'd go visit parishioners at their house and I'd get to watch how he interacted with the parishioners. He had me work with him on his farm many times. Um, We visited other churches together. Uh, You name the experience, I got to see Pastor Poli live and in person in a multitude of different settings. And what that did, just like for the disciples watching Jesus, or just like, as you pointed out, Mark and Luke watching Paul and Peter, it allowed them to grow and have a maturation process in a very organic way. Organics, one of those 20, 20th uh, or twenty first century buzzwords, right? Hipsters like to use, but it, it truly was organic, and it wasn't a formula. It was just people living together, people living their daily lives together. It wasn't the fake counseling session that psychology offers, where you sit across from the room from an alleged guru who is wiser and smarter than you and by sitting in the room with them you're going to get fixed you're going to grow you're going to mature that's such an absurd way to think that the majority of people think that that's healthy
1: oh a- absolutely and psychology is not a new thing right all philosophers for 2500 3000 years have tried to figure out what the soul is. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions in the modern world is that it's like, well, all those philosophers, they didn't really know what they were talking about. Now our scientists have figured it out. But the funny thing is most psychologists don't believe in the soul. And a lot of Christian psychologists that do believe in a soul because the Bible teaches such a concept they're taking a lot of learning they got from people who don't believe in the soul and they're trying to combine it with this uh, other view that does have a soul. And I I think that might create Frankenstein monsters. You're kind of uh, bringing the thing to life or something in this really bizarre way. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the word organic, like you said, is very, it's very important. Like there's a reason why the hipsters use it so much is because things aren't organic. Is that the scientific worldview, sociology, psychology, they've created a worldview that's very, very artificial. It's all really a bunch of zeros and ones, a bunch of statistics. They can't really look at the human apart from a collection of atoms, a collection of chemicals, a collection of brainwaves and so people long for something to develop within them and to develop among among them with other human beings that is that seems like real life like a real living human experience and you actually only get that through the gospel everything else falls short it's
0: it's interesting that as 2020 marches on, as lockdowns continue, one of, the, one of the, the net negatives of everything that's occurring is not only are there vast numbers of churches that are forsaking the weekly assembling of the saints, but the type of discipleship we're talking about Where men hang out with men, older women hang out with younger women in organic fellowship in ways that discipleship can occur. That's all but but stopped all across North America in the northern and western parts of the United States. Now, in the South, where we are right now, it's it's still going on. Churches are meeting churches are meeting together together. Um, older men are hanging out with younger men but where where the gospel is waning discipleship is is not very present
1: well do you think that before covid happened there wasn't very much discipleship going on to begin with and so it was a very easy thing to just sort of Turned it off. I, and this is sort of a recurring theme in our show over the last week or two. I, was it the case there were already so many pagan elements that had infiltrated the church as a whole and each and every local church that when the governor started telling us to stop meeting, it was just sort of a normal thing? I mean, this year we're all obsessed with health. So, It just seemed like it was a, quote, healthy thing uh, medically and psychologically to stop meeting. But we all know the result that in any true sense of the word, it wasn't healthy because we all know that the number of suicides and drug overdoses is going through the roof. It's crazy. There may be more people on the planet killing themselves now than ever have because of this because of these crazy draconian lockdowns and this radical shift in culture, and so we we this is what we're trying to examine. Like, well, I, it just I guess it was just normal for people to shut down the churches. Oh well, we wouldn't want to offend anyone, right?
0: Yeah, I can't argue with you because my motivation in publishing my book Mirror Discipleship a number of years ago was that it seemed as though. The concept of discipleship had been waning in churches for some time. And atheist and pagan philosophies, such as psychology, seem to have begun replacing Christian discipleship. And it's shocking because on the very first psalm, it just sort of leaps off the pages. The man who's blessed is the man who walks not in the council. Of the ungodly and when the church introduces psychology which is rooted in ungodly men like those men we've mentioned well then we're not bringing blessedness into the community of believers we're bringing the opposite of blessedness so i well, think, think you're about right
1: how many i i think the majority of non-christian counselors if we say no the key the answer to psychological distress is not applying some sort of scientific method to human beings the answer is the gospel i think a lot of secular i think a lot of secular psychologists would literally scoff at that they'd say oh, I i can't believe that well right nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. How many Christians are effectively sitting in that seat? So even if they themselves know that the gospel is necessary to heal people's internal wounds, they're still in the seat. They're in the place of the people, a seat created by people that say, no, no, the, the gospel's not going to do anything for you. Right? So I, I'm really glad that we, we you know usually like let's look at the first psalm because I think this works very well
0: the the bottom line is it's it's very clear how we can obtain blessedness and it is not through the the ideas that psychology give us this isn't to throw away the baby with the bathwater. It doesn't mean that in the last 100 years, psychology brought nothing to the table. What what we're pointing out is more the general root of psychology, the general concepts. And as someone who's got a degree in psychology, who studied it in the undergrad and graduate level, I can speak somewhat authoritatively that psychology is hard, fast, rooted in atheism and paganism. And there's really no debate there, John. If if anyone were to debate on that subject, they'd have to make stuff up.
1: Yeah. I think men like Freud and William James, William James wrote a whole book about it, the variety of religious experiences. They're responding to a world that was becoming increasingly secular and were themselves not believers in the gospel. So That doesn't mean, like I said, we're condemning them outright. We're not trying to say, oh, burn in health center. That's not the point. The point is to look at ourselves and say, what have we allowed into the church? What have we allowed into our minds, our hearts, our souls uncritically? So, and you're right. I mean, you know, I've read a few of Jung's books and a lot of it, he's talking about psychic energy and all this stuff that, modern psychologists would roll their eyes and say well what is this guy talking about these subconscious archetypes you know very strange stuff it's kind of interesting I remember I read one of his books it was a lecture on on Sigmund Freud's work and somewhere he says in there he says you know what he realized a lot of people they have psychological distress because they're not doing their duty and it's like oh okay and so this is sort of this is sort of what he discovered like yeah if you refuse to do your duty in life and you sort of languish it's going to hurt your psyche it's like well sure i mean didn't didn't everyone already know that so a lot of it's very simple and straightforward and so sure you can find interesting stuff in it i very much like reading plato and aristotle both pagans and there's a a ton of of interesting stuff but i you know i don't want to take plate platonic teachings and put them into the scripture i don't you know it's it's the same sort of thing you just sort of take it for what it's worth
0: stimulating dialogue unfortunately we are at the end of the episode as always you're more than welcome to email us at otpsp at protonmail.com until then